Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hello and welcome to Wrestle Ramble. This is Luke Owen. I'm Ollie Davis, and today we're going to be talking should Raw go back to two hours after being three hours for so so long how can we fix wwe's commentary team and what are our personal worst matches ever in wwe or wrestling in general if you want to go to any of those discussion topics or other things we're going to get to in the show click the timestamps in the video description below or stay right here where we're going to do a bit of rambling which is going to kick off with a bit of please subscribe on itunes Yes, because we have a podcast. Well, this, this is, is a podcast. podcast. Uh, it's it's a video format uh, while you're watching here on the old YouTube machine, but in on, on phones and other um, media-playing devices. You can listen to this on your commute. You can listen to it while you're on a train, in a car, on a bike. Mini-disc. A, a skateboard. Betamax. Um, I thought recently about getting a skateboard again. Why? To get to and from the studio. So, like, when I get off the tube, that I can just... Oh, okay. So it's about a 15-minute walk from public transport for you. Yes. You wouldn't skate the As the Crow Flies through central London. No, it takes me an hour and a half on the tube. I'm not going to... What is that in skateboard time? (laughs) That isn't an option on Google Maps. (laughs) It tells me everything else. Yeah, they really should. I'll I'll put that into uh, whoever the man in charge is. What is that in the hipster time? (laughs) So, would you... This is an ironic thing. No, I like skateboarding. Used to be a skater. I used used to be. I used to ride a skateboard when I was a uh, a kid, a young teen. What was the? Well, they named a trick after me. The oh, of course, the uh, The very good. That's how good I was. Um, watching people or yeah. playing Tony Hawk because I was super into like the Tony Hawk games. Loved watching the CKY mm-hmm. videos, uh, particularly when they just did like the skateboarding sections uh, on there. So I was, just, I was super into skateboarding. Rodney Mullen was a hero of mine because he just did like tricks and that. Like he used to do Don't handstands. Know who that is, I'm afraid. He used to do handstands on it and then would like lift himself up from a handstand position and flip the board round and then flip himself round so he would land on the board flat. It was very impressive. I'll we'll watch some stuff on YouTube after this. I've got wow, a, I can't wait. Oh, we're, well, we were watching the Monday Night War. That was <laughs> fun. I like that bit. Uh, I I actually went to a village fate thing recently, and there was a there was a half pipe, and there were some youths doing a skateboarding competition. Oh wow! Had like a guy had a DJ mixing some songs mm-hmm. like this. Yeah, like that. And uh, some guy was sort of commentating like, oh, sick flip there from Buster. <laughs> and then there was another sort of gaggle of people with clipboards obviously marking these these youths mm. on how well they were performing. And I was like, this is cool. I can watch this. 
And then someone came out with a scooter. Oh, no. Wait, 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 wait. Have you ever seen that Simpsons episode when Homer looks out the window, all the Japanese ninjas are going crazy, and there's just one guy in a white suit standing in in the middle. Yeah. And Marge is like, come on, let's not watch this. And Homer's like, but I want to see what the guy in the white suit does. This, this kid was so cool just sitting on the scooter, like watching everyone else do their thing. And he like has a cigarette all the time in the world. <laughs> And he sits down for a bit more, changes position. And he's like, gets up, puts in his earphones, obviously clips in his thing like baby driver protagonists, and then just goes for it. I didn't know scooters could do the sort of things he did. He'd do like 360. He was like ricochet with (laughs) wheels. Any uh, person, I will use the word person, Mm -hmm. who is old enough to smoke should not be on a scooter. Scooters, scooters for me just feel like they're for eight-year-olds. And whenever I see adults on scooters, I do judge them very harshly. All right, Randy Orton. <laughs> dot 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 dive. Dot 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 scooter. Yeah. Oh, but he was very good at it. I, I, I mean, don't know well, if he. I mean, he's clearly better than I. Yeah. So I can't. I can't uh, hate on him too much. What trick would you pull out as you go to skateboard on a skateboard trick? Uh, I could kickflip, but that was more or less a bad it. I was never like a very competent skater. Couldn't do half pipes or anything. I was very much like me and my friends used to use it to get around town and uh, yeah and then we'd go to the skate park do a kickflip and then be like oh, let's go home now yeah graze a knee yeah I mean like you know we, we would go to, to skate parks for, for other reasons which I probably shouldn't go into on these sorts of shows um, naughty I know yeah it's during my, my misspent youth I was there doing my finger skating <laughs> fingerboards are you at tech decks wow tech decks <laughs> I'm gonna customise this with some fancy luminous green wheels yeah Fun fact for you about Tech Decks. Tell me. Get, get ready for this one. This is a long tail fun fact. Uh, there was a company that was making a Tech Deck video game, mm-hmm. and they were going to use that engine to create a Sonic the Hedgehog skateboarding game that was a bit like Tony right. Hawk's, and it was called Sonic Extreme, which was another that already used that as a uh, previous uh, Sonic project that never got off the ground. It was meant to come on the Sega Saturn and never did. And this is going to be a Sonic the Hedgehog skateboarding game. It's going to come out on Dreamcast and PS2. It never got made, but I recently saw some footage of it in action. I re- I really like video games, and I really like movies. I wonder if there was something. <laughs> if only there was something that combined those two. Am I am I right, folks? Yeah. If only there was some sort of like a book that's that that compiled the history of. Oh, that 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 sounds perfect. Of video game movies, yeah. I mean, if I was looking for that sort of book, I would certainly go to thisislukeowen.com for for more information. That's two of those words are your name. They are, yes. That's because last Friday, that felt like it was a it was a purposefully done segue, and it really wasn't. I actually wasn't going to ask to plug my book. No, I just thought it was quite nice to oh, bring up. Well, thank you very much. Luke released his first published book on Friday. It came out on Friday. Thank you very, thank you very much. This is the, uh, you get the, should we do the Triple H? <laughs> it's just this, isn't it? Where people can freeze frame this, like yeah. I just signed you. Yeah. No, no, you don't point to me, do you? Yeah, sometimes they point. I thought as well you were going to do the uh, the Triple H selfie where he pulls this face. Yeah, it's then, weird. It was his birthday last Thursday. I know. And then everyone stands behind him doing this. Yeah. Doing the yeah, they love sweet. it too sweet. Uh, but yeah, so my book, uh, it came out on Friday. Lights, camera, game over. How video game movies get made. It details the production histories of titles like Super Mario Brothers, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Wing Commander, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, Pixels, Hitman, Max Payne, and unproduced video game movies like Pac-Man and Sonic the Hedgehog live action Pac-Man and Sonic the Hedgehog movies and a Metroid movie directed by John Woo that never got made Uh, yeah it's currently out you can go to Amazon and buy it there alright Luke you're taking the piss now thanks
So, uh, yeah, congratulations. Though. Thanks, man. Today, this is what happens when we don't have a pay-per-view to talk about on a Monday. There's nothing until SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. So We've actually got, like, five weeks or four is it weeks. that long? It's, it's 20th. Yes, yeah, oh, so we've got... 20th? No, it's the 20th. Oh, or, no, yeah. It is because the yes. 26th is the Floyd Mayweather-Conor McGregor fight. Yes, it's and Fright this Fest. is the weekend before. Yeah, more important. Of course, Fright Fest. Yeah, more important. The one that everyone's talking <laughs> yeah, exactly. about in all of the world. <laughs> more importantly, it's Fright Fest. Yes. Where the, the, the world premiere of Cult of Chucky is being shown. Yes, please. Hashtag okay. yes, please. So, but before then, we have SummerSlam, which is now in about three weeks, I guess. Mm, yeah. So it would have been three weeks yesterday. Exciting. SummerSlam's one of the biggest shows of the year. And then I remember how long it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming you're not going to watch it live? Six hours. I, d- I can't function the next day. I watched, uh, I can't remember the last. It was the, the Royal, Royal Rumble. Rumble. Oh, oh, I watched the Royal Rumble live. So funny. Because I came in, this was before I was working in the studio full time. And I came in on the Wednesday to record the Flicker Myth podcast. And that was the Wednesday after, like, so it's three days later. Yeah. You were still away with the fairies. Just I'm couldn't no function. spring chicken anymore. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I used to be able to pull all nighters these days. If I stay up late and then try and write or stay up late to watch Royal Rumble, it finish around 5, 6 a.m. our time. And then I go to sleep for a few hours, wake back up. I would have been fine to just like write these fantastic scripts. But oh, it just it's like it. The, the words come like syrup and painful syrup <laughs> passing out of my eyeballs where, you know, liquid isn't usually meant to come from. Yeah. But anyway, that's all by the by. That means this is a mailbag episode of the show. Indeed. We've got some questions that people have sent in from uh, into us. People who have donated a certain amount on Patreon. So to, if you donate this much, we'll definitely answer your questions. Here they are. Which means that if you have sent an email in and we know you, if you have an email and you know who you are, and we're not answering it on this is because you're not a Patreon backer. Or we don't care. We don't care about or, what you said. Yeah, it's just a stupid I've email. set up a really good spam filter. <laughs> so anyone who, who uh, requests us to book CM Punk's return again <laughs> just goes straight in. I'm kidding. Of course I don't. I mean, or who misspells your name. Genuinely all read all your, all your emails, by yes. the way. Uh, genuinely do. Um, but replying is a is a whole other ball game of like that takes a lot longer to do. So sorry if we don't get back to everyone, but we do read them all. So first up we have Hard as Nails Nick Schiff. He says, if Raw were to go back to its original format of two hours, would it dramatically help WWE in ratings and quality of content? Or that WWE has dug itself a hole with the saturation of the product, it might be too little too late. Personally, I think the two-hour format would help immediately because it could help preserve characters and lessen fatigue. Also, crowds may be more willing to stomach a shorter show. People forget that the live crowd must endure three hours of wrestling plus their own dark match main event. From experience, it's exhausting. I would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a conversation that's been had many times. Mm. I think really since WWE went three hours, which you said we passed an anniversary of quite recently. Uh, ten- no, no, it was the brand split anniversary last week. I feel like there's a three-hour anniversary that we've just passed as well. So when did they go three hours? It wasn't after the thousandth episode, was it? Because that uh, was around yeah. 2013. I think it has been something like 2013. It's yeah. been that long, because I was actually working for a different company a long, long time ago. So, yeah, I was in my mid-twenties. Yeah. So it's been a long old while of us watching three-hour wars week in, week out. Three-hour wars? Wars. Wars. I mean, that's what it feels like, (laughs) doesn't it? It's It's a war of attrition. It really hasn't helped it at all. And it's to deliver three hours of content 
every week. Well, it's not, you know, people say, oh, but it's not really three hours. It's actually two hours and a quarter. You didn't, say, you didn't say that about the two-hour shows. You didn't say <laughs> it was not actually two hours. It's an hour and whatever. Uh, it's to, to maintain people's interest for three hours you do really you do have to be an actual sport mm. uh because all of these things all, all of the wrestling things are coming from a creative well and there's only so much stuff you can bring from a creative well into existence on a weekly basis unless you get more people in but really most of wwe goes through one or two people's minds but sports, you don't have that creative element to it from a storytelling aspect. It's just, you know, people's creative solutions to getting balls around people or new defensive plays. It's a completely different way of watching telly, which is why, or, or content in general, which is why in America you can have the NFL or baseball go on for hours and hours and hours. And people will sit there and watch it mostly. But for wrestling, it's as much as it well doesn't want to be a sport i th i think they thought well you know these other these other sports do it we can just fit the, the audience is there to watch wrestling yes but or, or like if you think of mma the ufc cards go on for six seven hours and that feels like a breeze it goes through relatively quickly for fans of it i can't say it does for me i only tune in to watch the main events but for things like Raw or WrestleMania, where it goes a similar length of time, because it is all from through one person's filter, there's only so much of that filter you can take. Variety is really what keeps stuff going. And the three hours is what's killing it. It's losing people. Yeah, so what do you think I think they should do? I think they should go back to two hours. Yeah, surprise, I mean, surprise. It, just, to, just to back up onto your point as well, is that because like it, WWE is it's a scripted medium, like, each week they have a script mm -hmm. and they write that script throughout the week and then they produce that script on a Monday night and then they produce that script on a Tuesday night for when they do SmackDown. So let's, looking at Raw as the examples, three hours of Raw. So every single week, the creative team have to come up with three hours worth of content, new content, every single week now when you do like a season of a tv show you have the scripts written by the time the script the season goes into production so you have like 11 months to write those 24 episodes so that's 11 months of preparation there the best uh analogy i've ever heard about the three hour roars was imagine trying to write the lord of the rings every single week which is what they have to do they've got to write three hours worth of show even if the even if you do that, well, it's only really two and a quarter hours. All right, fine. Try writing Captain America: Civil War every single week. I'm just going through the run times of movies. <laughs> oh yeah, but like it's true though. Like I, I, you know, Captain America: Civil War. That's that's got like a year's worth of development where they mm -hmm. like nail down. Okay, so this is our two hour fifteen movie, and we've had this year's worth of development to make sure this story works absolutely brilliantly. That's a year's worth of development there. They do it in a week, and they do it every single week. No wonder, no wonder, like they're creatively drained and mm. struggling to come up with fresh and new ideas and trying to make things interesting for three hours consistently. It can't be done. Well, it can't. Not for any long period of time, because as we've seen in Raw of recent, but even then, actually, that's a good point. Raw in recent weeks has been the best it's been at, at any time. It's yeah. been three hours. Yeah. But the problem is, we come out of it going, oh, Raw was good. That was a good three hours this week. But then you, you start to go into it and you go, actually, there was an hour of filler in there. Yeah. Like there was a really hot angle to open the show. The last hour was really good with several segments and matches. There was a match maybe there in the middle. 
But oh, there was there was at least an hour of filler. Yeah. And that's way too much. To, and a whole hour, a third of your show is subpar. That's why, you know, I've... I don't think I've ever given the top rating to a raw episode in my raw reviews. And that's because the way I approach them is there has to be no point where I'm bored. It has to that that is the perfect example of a wrestling show. Five out of five. So there can't be any slack. I can never see it happening, but maybe I did do it once, maybe like a post WrestleMania Raw. Where it's hit that five out of five for me. Because those lesser bits will bring it down you of course gave it a, a five out that's, of five on your first in week. all fairness that's because that raw did not bore me at all at any point it's just like those three hours flew by mm. absolutely flew by and but, actually, but and it doesn't just have to be not boring well, no, it I, has to be you really good every time i bring this up yeah. but and I, and it didn't it didn't just like not bore me it was also very good like the wrestling was solid the writing was solid the performances were solid it was a great show overall mm. just because you didn't see it but um, to Nick Schiff's point, hard as nails, Nick Schiff, it's not just the fact that we've got to sit there and watch this show and they've got to try and write this Captain America Civil War every single week. Mm. There are people going to these shows live that have to endure these three and a half hour shows because you have like, you know, two or three dark matches beforehand. You might have a, the main event. You might have a main event taping um, and then you got your dark match afterwards. You're there for a long time. Mm. But... WWE see that as a good thing because their whole idea is that we're not just a television show, we're a touring product. We are a travelling circus. And a, and to be a travelling circus is you have to give lots of entertainment. Mm. So WrestleMania, in Vince's mind, is like, it's the, it's the world's greatest travelling circus because you get to see seven hours worth of content. How great is that? That's seven whole hours. You, you, bought, you bought one ticket and you've got seven hours worth of entertainment. Mm. You can't argue with that kind of pricing as he's there in his big top hat and his circus uh, outfit with his twirly moustache with a big cane, being mm. the greatest showman on earth like Jim Sterling, and just being there going like, come on, come on, and see the beast Brock Lesnar taking on Goldberg. And then, you know, they're fighting a bear or something. Fighting a bear? My, my, For seven my, hours. Yeah, exactly. I mean, back in the day, they would have done it. Yeah, the... Ah, it's just I I'm I'm always prefer quality over quantity. I would prefer two hours, like even for a WrestleMania, two hours of to- like an NXT takeover, mm-hmm. right? There's of course they've got more long term booking and better developed characters going into those shows, but there's a reason they're so easy to watch. It's not just because the wrestling is to a very high standard, much higher than what you would expect on a main roster show. It's also because it's two hours. Like, would you get what if it went to three hours? You'll go all oh, but you know, the, the one in the middle kind of sacked. Whereas at the two hour shows, you're like, no, I don't know what the worst <laughs> thing was there. It was all really, really good. Yeah, it says a lot. Like at the uh, Takeover Chicago, where you're like, yeah, I think the women's match was the worst thing on the show. And mm. even then, that was pretty good. Yeah. It's not exclusive to WWE. Uh, New Japan shows go on forever and have a load of fun, but ultimately worthless six man tags at the start. Uh, I, I watched a Ring of Honor show um, I think it was the one after Wrestlemania weekend and that went over four hours and I thought god this is a great card but I mean you've you've got about an hour of fluff in here now mm. when you could have had like a top to bottom fantastic card I just don't see why you would put in those filler matches just to get everyone on the card the idea that everyone needs a Wrestlemania payday I know we're going off of Raw now mm. is is totally it's it's not for the wrestlers 
you're making a product for the fans. You shouldn't give out handouts to people who work for you. They should earn it, especially if they're independent contractors. But that's different. Point. Also, to, to bring it back to to close off this raw mm. discussion, um, it's not just a case of taking it back to, to two hours, which is never going to happen, by the way. Like, while as long as they're on the USA Network, it's always going to be a three-hour show because that's the contract they've got. That's the amount of money they've been paid. Until 2019. Until 2019, yeah. So with three hours, it's not going away anytime soon. And actually, I believe come 2019 they're not going to look to re-up on the usa network they're just going to turn on the network exclusively no totally like that's no. the, like that's the whole point of the network is that you don't have to do not, television yeah long long term not like eight years not, what was it like four five years within establishing the network no i, I no, guess you, the, like over i think it's 40 percent of all of wwe's income comes from those tv rights fees mm-hmm. you're saying they're just going to scrap 40 percent of all their income to, to take a punt it on the network. It depends on how much they... Like, I mean, if they made efforts to make the network something that you have to subscribe to if you are a wrestling fan, um, then maybe, yeah. I mean, no, I you, mean need, that, you need, that's you need the free ultimate, TV. That's the ultimate aim, is to, is, to, is to get off TV and get onto the network exclusively. It's not the... I, oh, man, I disagree with that completely because you sure you'll have your content there. People will have to go there to watch your stuff. But you're a closed shop then. You're not bringing in new viewers because people will have to opt in. Whereas, you know, you could just be flicking and go, oh, I kind of like this fake wrestling stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm a new fan now. But uh, I think you want to have but you do, as you, a backup. The WWE Network is a backup in case everything goes to the S-word. But you do have that. You have the free trial. You have, it's like Netflix. You have the 30-day free trial to try and hook people in and make them stay. If you're a WWE fan, if you are a wrestling fan and you're not subscribed to the network, you don't need to be subscribed to the network because you get all of it on TV for free at the moment anyway. Pay-per-views? Uh, pay-per-views, but you could just... I, what they tend to do is probably just sign up for the 30-day free and then just cancel their, cancel their subscription mm. and then just re-up with a different email address come the next pay-per-view they want to watch. But anyway, again, we're way off topic. Yes. The, point, yeah. the point I was going to make about it's not just going away from 3-Hour Raw, it's about kind of restructuring how the shows work. If you go back and watch an episode of Raw from 1999, 2000, 2001, actually any like period, that, that Attitude Era period of wrestling when Raw was two hours... Mm. It is, and granted this was in the late 90s, so all TV was like this, but it is breakneck speed stuff. Like, no match lasts more than three minutes. You know, entrances entrances are really quick, the matches are even quicker, and it's just like, it's like, okay, here's Matt Hardy versus Gangrel. Okay, what, what's next? What's next? Okay, well, it's, it's Xbox versus Dilo Brand. All right, cool, what's next? And it, it's like a, a kid with ADD playing with toys. Mm. And it's just like, okay, now we're done with this match. What's next? Let's do a backstage skit. Big boss man, what's he up to? Oh, he's being, he's being mean backstage and beating up someone. Well, something else happening in the ring now. What's going on here? Oh, it's Jeff Hardy's having a match. And it's this breakneck speed stuff. So when you watch those two-hour shows, it never feels like it's two hours because so much happens at breakneck speed you're like I mean all I need to take away from that was that Austin came down and beat up Vince McMahon cool let's move on to what's happening next week mm. The that's why Smackdown a good episode of Smackdown when it kind of adopts that pace you're like whoa was that two hours or an hour of yeah. 15 whatever it works out as uh, I think there's probably a happy medium Yeah, I would like to see longer than three minute matches I, you know you could, you could just base your but, two hours of Oh. I would say that when you have those three minute matches, it does make the pay per view matches mean something. Mm. Because yeah. if you if you constantly have twenty five minute matches on Raw every week, when it comes to like what what's the reason to buy a pay per view? You just get to get another yeah. to get yeah. another twenty five minute match. 
or or to watch yeah i, I yeah that's a, another larger point yeah. so yeah i think we're quite although it sounded like we disagreed a lot hmm. we very much agreed that raw should go to <laughs> yes very yeah. much so only because i think it will, be- it will benefit the show no end mm. but they make so much money well not so much money but they they do make a sizable amount more for that extra hour yes so you can it's but it's short term short-term gain for long-term loss and ultimately the other thing we didn't go into this isn't speculation this is the last thing on this topic there is a considerable decline in ratings across the board for wwe since they've gone three hours it was it was slowly declining anyway because wrestling isn't in a hot period right now they go three hours honestly the average ratings used to be four to five million that's what the you know raw did four to five million but it's like the the hour hand of a clock you don't see it move and now we're talking oh they the raw did a good rating this week they did a 3.1 you're like a year ago this time a year ago that would have been like vince mcmahon would have been having a fit backstage end of the world type yeah like that and we've hit so many 20 year lows of raw viewership in the last 12 months it's insane but Going back to last year, 3.5, you know, that was around the average. This year, there are so many shows that are dipping under 3 million. Mm-hmm. It's This is a real problem. And it's a shame they've gone for the for the short-term cash. And again, to use the that Lord of the Rings analogy again, trying to ask a new fan, oh, hey, you get to watch a new episode mm-hmm. of Lord of the Rings every single week. That's a, that's a big commitment to ask someone to sit down, a new fan, to come in and be like, yeah, yeah this show's three hours, but next week's show is also three hours. It's not a special. And then there's a two-hour show on SmackDown, uh, a two-hour show on Tuesday. Oh, and by the way, there's a pay-per-view this coming mm. Sunday that's also three hours, and then the day after that is another three-hour hour episode of Raw. This coming uh, SummerSlam weekend, you've got three-hour mm. NXT, six-hour... Two-hour NXT. Yeah, but you got the hour pre-show, and I think the it'll probably be a longer show as well because it's a Brooklyn show, which means okay. they'll probably give it more time. But even if you give it like the hour sure. pre-show, so it's three hours for NXT, uh, six hours for SummerSlam, two hour pre-show, four hour main show, three hour Raw, two hour SmackDown, one hour NXT. You know what else happens that week? I like four hours of May Young Classic content goes up on the network. Oh, you're, and you swore then. You're right, that goes up at that time, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's a Thursday. Oh, what a terrible time to put that up. Yeah. I also just disagree with them putting it up in a big block booking. Like, that's mm. another topic for another time. So you're, what you're saying is... I'm drink my coffee. There's only so many Lord of the Rings you can take. Yes. And then you start getting The Hobbit. And we all know how bad those movies were. Phil ain't... God, we are. we spent a long time on that. We certainly did. We we very optimistically put down five questions for this show. I don't think we're going to get to all five. Uh, so, Phil, well, we talked about uh, skateboards <laughs> for a good ten minutes at oh, the start. we did. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Phil Stopford, or to use his wrestling nickname uh, bestowed by us, Phil ain't no stopping Ford now. Yes. He has said, greetings, Ollie and Luke. So my question, and please excuse the ramble beforehand, for several weeks, maybe even months, yourself and Luke in particular, have commented on the Raw and Smackdown live commentary teams really not doing a good job of actually commentating on matches, not hyping up the wrestlers, sport entertainers, uh, selling moves and generally getting the audience interested in what is going on and why we should actually care about the wrestlers in the ring. Personally, I think NXT has it best with Moro, Mamma Mia Ranello, and Nigel McGuinness, throwing Corey Graves for a three-man booth. Also, Renee Young. I think she could do a better job than Michael for the wing Cole and Tom Phillips. In brackets, I hate Michael Cole's commentary. Showing my age here, but for me, you can't beat Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura on commentary. And special shout-out to Bobby the Brain Heenan and JR Jim Ross too. So, my question to you both is, what would you do to improve the quality of the commentary teams? Be it two-person booths or three-person, who should be calling the play-by-play in the matches? Who should be the colour commentators? Thank you for reading. Keep up the good work. And that was my ramble. Yeah, I mean, so my favourite all-time commentating duo, and they were quite a short-lived commentating duo, but it was Jim Ross and Paul Heyman. Oh, Oh, yeah. So great. Like, WrestleMania X7 is a great show, but it's made even better by their commentary because their commentary is so good throughout. And I think one of the reasons why, and actually this ties into, like, when it was uh, JR and Jerry Lawler, which is probably my second favourite. Yes, uh, that's what I grew up on. Yeah, it's what I grew up on as well. I mean, you can't, you're right, Gorilla Monsoon and and, uh, Jesse Ventura is great. Love Bobby the Brain. Yeah, that Uh, was great. But it was JR and uh, The King. That was my era of commentary. Yeah, yeah. that was my era of commentary. So, but they were were characters. Mm. They were characters unto themselves, but they were also every single line of their thing because none of it was like handed in front of them saying like here now say this or shout through the headset here now say this everything that they said about the matches tied into the storylines their characters their motivations and 
you had Jerry Lawler, a former wrestler, giving his when he wasn't just doing it, like I'm Jerry Lawler and I'm going to say this now. Puppies, yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, puppies, woohoo! You know, doing all that crazy stuff. Uh, but it was it's all about like he would offer wrestling insight. It's like, well, if you're a wrestler, you want to be doing this, and mm. I, if I was in his position, I would be doing this. I also love with Jerry Lawler as well, and Paul Heyman did this brilliantly, really supporting heels. Yes, and like just. Like Jerry, Jerry Lawler was so behind Vince McMahon and anyone who was connected to Vince, he was just like, "Oh, they're the greatest!" Mm-hmm. Like, look at him. Like, he's like, "Oh, Kane's the best." Now that he's with the like when he's with the corporation, he's like, "Oh, he's a big doofball, but oh, he'll do it for Vince." And you had Ken Shamrock, and he used to hate Ken Shamrock, but now he's with Vince McMahon, so now he's the best. And his emotion whenever something bad would happen to Vince really like it sold it so well because then you had Jim Ross the other on the other side going like Stone Cold Stone Cold oh no Vince oh, it was just it was brilliant and Heyman did that so well as well mm. being the the suck up to all the heels and I, I Bradshaw sort of does it he but not really yeah. like yeah. he was like Baron Corbin's amazing like you build a restaurant from the ground up you just like him but he'd also do that for the baby faces. Mm-hmm. That's so, the problem there. Yeah, so he doesn't doesn't really work. And then poor like Byron Saxton, poor L. Byron Saxton, he's had an absolutely nounce. Mm. There are certain shows where you don't even notice he's there. And yeah. the, the same happens with um, Percy Watson in NXT. Y- your man in your email here said it's uh, the best team down in NXT is is Morrow and Nigel. It's like, yeah, there's a third man there. It's Percy Watson who adds absolutely nothing to mm. that team. The Nigel's very good at explaining the like the intricacies of what's happening to people in the ring because so the the thing that the announcers should do is tell a story through the match yes. but within the confines of pretending this is a real athletic competition mm-hmm. and Nigel McGuinness does it the best of anyone at the moment I think I can't think of anyone who's impressed me more with it Don Callis is kind of good on New Japan Don Callis and Kevin Kelly have gone really good before then my favourite combo in recent years was Steve Carino and Kevin Kelly Mm. on Ring of Honor because Carino oh my god he would like talking about playing the heel guy who just cheers the heels yeah and people like ah but we're 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 grown-ups now (laughs) we don't have to have baby face and heel commentators where they're bashing against each other like but it's so much fun yeah like it's what you've just described is is jr and and jr and jim ross (laughs) jr and jerry lawler like what you've got now is it's flat the the tension's flat sure it's more realistic i guess from from a sports perspective where you don't have the color guy actively booing all the bad gamesmanship tactics but you do have an actual conflict a, a dramatic conflict playing out through the match in your ears as well as what you're seeing on screen you're kind of hearing the good and the bad angel over the face and the heel shoulders within the match and uh Oh, I've kind of forgot. Yeah, Steve Carino, he he did this brilliant thing where he used to get really annoyed every time a baby face went up to the top rope. Because, you know, old-fashioned rules of wrestling, closed fists are banned, top rope moves are banned. He would flip his <laughs> lid when a baby face went up to the top rope. Because it's banned! Why isn't the referee doing anything? <laughs> but then the reason that works is because... He's the bad guy. Carino there in that situation that the heel commentator's the bad guy. And he follows that up with being a hypocrite. So you're like, oh, you're a douchebag. I know not to side with you. Because then he'll, as soon as the, the, the heel uses the top rope or uses, you know, 
brass knucks a foreign object he'll just go yeah but you know the you, you got to do what it takes to any, win any way it takes to win exactly so you've got this and you're like you're a douchebag at least jim ross or the baby face guy is sticking to being a good guy and that's that's really the most important thing that you are listening to someone you trust no one did it better than jim ross and then jim ross is the guy who says well buy the pay-per-view this weekend mm -hmm. you've got a trusted voice that you like saying you need to watch this and i believe jim ross if he's telling me this is going to be a good pay-per-view he's built up enough goodwill already when michael cole says it it's just it's just reading off a it's, press statement it's, it, like, michael cole whenever he says something you don't buy into like so main events don't feel like main events because you don't have they never call it like it's a real sporting event like mm. you said they just call it like it's not real and they've just got a script in front of them and they're just saying those lines that they're meant to be saying um can i tell you my favorite uh Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler yeah. uh, match for in terms of them being commentators and their style of commentary they did. It was Kurt Angle's uh, pay-per-view debut match. So Survivor Series 1999. He was wrestling Meat, uh, the former Sean Stasiak. And Kurt Angle's whole gimmick, he was had all these like vignettes going on before. It was just like, I'm uh, the, the first true athlete, uh, the first uh, celebrated real athlete mm. in the World Wrestling Federation. So he comes and everyone's meant to be like booing him because he's a real, oh, so what, we're not athletes, are we? We don't support real athletes. So he comes in and Jim Ross is there going like, he's a Olympic hero. He's won gold medals. He's a real athlete. We've got something to really show us here in the World Wrestling Federation. And Jerry Lawler, on the other hand, is just like, oh yeah, but he's never made it in the WWF. He is, you know, he's done it in the Olympics, but WWF's a whole different game. I'm not sure I can buy into this guy just yet. And the crowd are booing him, booing Kurt Angle in the match. And Kurt Angle, it was it was an audible. We've since learned. Vince told him it was. Um, the referee goes up to him and says, uh, "Vince has just said, go outside the ring, grab a microphone, and cut a and cut a promo on the crowd." Wow! And so, I didn't know this? Yeah, I've, Angle told it on Jericho's podcast, yeah, and yeah. I think it's on that Twenty Four documentary as well. So Angle rolls out the ring, grabs a microphone, and just goes, "You do not boo an Olympic gold medalist. You do not boo an Olympic gold medalist." Perfect. And as soon as that, Jim Ross goes. Well, I don't really agree with that now. And then Jerry Lawler was like, he's right, JR, you shouldn't boo an Olympic competitor. <laughs> and ever since then, he just switched. And he's like, this guy's the best. Mm. And he then became Kurt Angle's biggest fan because, like, he's my yeah. he's my Olympic hero. You, you know, there's another bit, uh, and this is why JBL doesn't work, but occasionally, for all the bad stuff Jerry Lawler did, when someone did something truly despicable and Jerry Lawler went, Oh well, that's gone too far. Yeah, and he like, oh my god, whoa, <laughs> even, this has gone too far. Even Jerry doesn't agree with it. Like it was, I remember the uh, the Taz Taz and Lawler feud when yeah. Taz came in and they smashed the the sweet jar over Jr's head. I was like, I, you know, I forgot it. I I kind of had my suspicions it wasn't fixed, or you know, uh, but I thought that was real. I was just like, well, this is outrageous. Um, so that because he's that was dog life born, dog life bred. Yeah, so. Definitely go down to two-person booths. Yeah. Not a fan of the three. Just two everything. Two hours, two people. What is the... Two three is not the magic number here. Two-man commentary booths really do, because you do cut out, like, then you, you're cutting out Booker T, mm -hmm. because he's dead weight on Raw. He just says things. Like, he's not adding anything to it. As I, get, as I said... Well, he's, he's adding racial diversity. Yes. Which is what... It's quite transparent what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Percy you know, Watson is there. Percy or... Watson, Byron Saxton. But unfortunately, when you look at it, they're the three that you can cut from all three teams. Well, it's because they're there, they're there. to fill a quota. They're not there on merit. No. And it, it's a real, a real shame. Yeah. A real shame. 
Uh, so two-person booths. One other thing, and I mentioned this to you last week, off the mic. Uh, guffawing. Guffawing in beatdowns. Commentators should not laugh and let it unless it is an out-and-out -out comedy match or if it's a heel guy laughing at a good guy getting beaten down. Mm -hmm. I do not... Like, if there's a real... I think it was... Um, you know the Elias Samson guitar shop, to use yeah. a recent example on Finn Balor. Corey Graves laughed. Or was it? Oh, was this? What, the, no, was, Corey. The one you're thinking of was when Braun Strowman kicked Apollo Cruz. Yes, out of the sorry, air. you're completely right. Went that fantastic spot. Apollo Cruz does a, a sent on or something. He does the moonsault. Moonsault, and Braun Strowman kicks him from a line position. Awesome feat of strength. The commentators should have just sold that gun. Oh my god, this guy. There's no way Cruz is beating him down after this. Strowman's going to destroy him. Whereas Corey just went, and I like Corey, but he just went, <laughs> he kicked him across the ring. I, I was going to say, I think even on this Wrestle Ramble, I said I had the exact same reaction yeah. that Corey Graves did because I was on the tube watching and I literally went, oh, ho, ho, ho. he had the exact same reaction. But it cheapens the action. Yeah. If the commentators are like, why am I, why should I care about it? If it's just something to be laughed at, I want, to, I want this to be an incredible feat of strength. Yeah. So don't stop like once I'm I'm sorry I probably ruined it for everyone. <laughs> once you notice that the commentators start to go fall through serious moments or just just people hitting each other in general, don't, that's not what happens. I I mean for me solving this issue is is quite simple. Stop giving them scripted things to say. Stop giving them quotas of things they need to say. Stop hampering them things they can and cannot say, and just let them commentate. Mm. Just let them call things like if it was a sporting event. I know it's not, and we know it's not real, but just pretend, mate. Call it like yeah. it is. So, just one more question. We'll get to yours next week, Rocco, because we're going over time already. Uh, Arnie K, the K stands for coolest dude ever. Wicked guy. He helped us out a lot on the Patreon. He certainly did. Uh, he is, his, his question is this is a tough one. What is the worst TV and pay per view match? you guys have ever seen now you said this to me and i instantly had my answers but i was like man i don't really i try to get those one yeah. ones out of my memory because uh, when i think of a when i think of a bad match i think of something where the guys come out worse off than they are already like from character storytelling perspectives stuff that kills people's characters like Booker T and Triple H at, what was that? WrestleMania. Uh, WrestleMania yeah, whichever yeah, whatever it was. it was. Stuff like that. Whereas another way of looking at it could be uh, just really bad matches or botches and stuff that didn't gel. So I've got I've gone for kind of a mixture of the two. What yeah, uh, I mean, I've actually gone for, for the, the other side of that, which is just like just out and out, just the worst in-ring action uh, you've you've just you've ever seen. Yeah. And my pay per view match isn't a WWE pay per view. It's not even a WCW pay per view. It's from Heroes of Wrestling. Okay. It's the infamous uh, Nikolai Volkov and Iron Sheik versus right. the former Bushwhackers, uh, as as it was billed. You, because when we when I read out this question, you were like, "I've got mine." <laughs> because, I didn't know it was gonna. Now that makes sense. Instantly, it's. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's It's the match that Brian Alvarez gave. Uh, minus all the stars in the universe and the universe is infinite. Mm. It is a truly wretched wrestling match. And actually the main event of that show, which was meant to be... Uh, God, if I can remember this correct now. I think it was Jim Neidhart, uh, Jim Neidhart and Yoko Zuna against Jake the Snake Roberts and... Ah, uh, someone else now. I can't remember, but like it was meant to be two singles matches, but Jake was in no okay. shape. This was the uh, the uh, you want to play twenty one? 
I got 22. It means you lost your knob. Mm. Um, but he got that promo and then just started coming out and like making women rub his chest and he was using the snake as if it was a, an appendage. Awkward. Very awkward. But so this, uh, this was 2000 time after WCW. No, no, this was 1999. This was when wrestling was at its apex, when yeah. it was at its hottest. And this guy was like, I'm going to get all of the guys who aren't contracted WCW or and are on WWE's blacklist and I'm going to create the heroes of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do this as a show. Using the dropouts. Yeah, the using all the dropouts. And the cast exactly, using all that. And um, yeah, <laughs> so Marty Jannetty got a payday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy Rich was on the show. It's good to get work. Exactly. It's good to get work. But the show was, oh, man, Dutch Mantel was doing commentary. Mm. And at the start of the show, he was like, I'm Dirty Dutch, nothing this. By the end of it, he was so worn out by the bad wrestling, he was just like, sad Elbow Taylor. You know, just like doing call and wrestling. It's, it's so fun. It's an awful awful show but that match in particular Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov against the former Bushwhackers is e man it's bad I think Brian Zane does a good review of it yes he, he did, he did yeah, with, with, with um, Wrestling With Regret he did it with uh, uh, Blumpier didn't he oh did he yeah. oh that might be why I've seen yeah if you go and check out that for more on oh, it. or watch it yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah. Find, try and find on YouTube because the only versions you can find are like really bad VHS mm. rips so the sound quality is really poor Oh man, it was it was filmed from a place called Casino Magic in Las Vegas. Sounds glitzy. <laughs> what about worst TV match? So my worst TV match. What do you want to do your worst pay per view? Well, I've only got a worst pay per view match, and it's just Bret Bret uh, Hart versus Vince McMahon was... at WrestleMania twenty. Uh, WrestleMania 2007. I only know that because I watched it quite recently. I watched yeah. it. I watched it within the last week. Last two weeks, I've watched that. So match. I haven't seen it since. I remember just being so appalled by how badly that was thought out. Uh, you know, it's not a hard story to write, is it? And they, they just made it horrible, uncomfortable to watch. Just everything they tried to tell didn't work. It felt like it was a double turn. Yeah. It felt like Bret Hart turned heel so, that, the Bret, what... so that Vince McMahon could be the babyface. What what else happened in that? Because I just remember the, the big spots of the infinite chair shots, yeah. the Hart family coming down to cheer... Well, so, okay, so the match started off with Vince bringing out the Hart family, saying that I've paid them off. Right. Because you Hearts are all about money. God, so that's... they've all turned their back on Brett. Mm. And then Brett cuts a promo being like, oh, well, I knew you'd do this. So we've all double-crossed you. And then the Hart family all get to beat down Vince. Um, Vince takes a hell of a bump as well because um, they do the the old heart attack spots mm. where Jim would Jim Hanna would get up on the turnbuckle and he would do a diamond clothesline the Doomsday Device that yeah. Legion of Doom used to do or the New Road Warriors they do that but do it on the outside so Harry uh, Davy Boy Junior gets Vince up on his shoulders and then um, Tyson Kidd Gigi Wilson jumps off the top rope down and knocks his knocks him down onto the ground hard I'm like he's Vince watch out yeah. he's not a young sprightly man tell Vince that <laughs> well, yeah tell Vince probably that, went exactly. back and did he squatted his PB after that <laughs> but it's it's a wretched you know what, what's worse it's about 20 minutes mm, it goes on for so, so long, long. So my favourite so I watched that pay-per-view live with some old uni friends of mm. mine I wish you I, I graduated from uni by that point I went back to down to Portsmouth to watch it with these friends of mine and my friend is, is Sean Michaels is his favourite all time fave is Shawn Michaels. So he hates Bret Hart. Absolutely hates Bret Hart. And he was not into this match whatsoever because Bret Hart was coming back as this big baby face and he was there just with his arms folded being like, well, he's no Shawn Michaels, is he? Shawn Michaels is the best one. And Shawn Michaels is in the main event with The Undertaker. So that's all he was interested in. 
but at one point in the match, he was like, well, Brett's gone back to being what he does best. Effing being boring. <laughs> well, that's very unfair. <laughs> Which I thought was very unfair as well. So what's your worst TV match? So my worst TV match was from uh, an episode of Monday Night Raw, and it was when they did Donald Trump versus Rosie O'Donnell. So this was during, this was before Donald Trump got involved in the WrestleMania angle with mm. uh, Bobby Lashley and Umanga. I don't as, think I've ever seen or heard of this. Oh, do you know, so there was this whole political thing where Rosie O'Donnell and Donald Trump were like going back and forth, probably on Twitter or something, or touts maybe, mm. uh, about how much they, they hate each other. And Vince thought it was the funniest thing. And he wants to get both of them onto Raw. Donald Trump wants to do it and I don't think Rosie O'Donnell wants to do it or he couldn't get either one of them so he's just like oh I've advertised it so he had classic promoter yeah so he had two he brought in two independent wrestlers and dressed them up as Rosie O'Donnell and Donald Trump oh I do remember this and they had a match oh. on, on Raw and it is it's death comes to television it's very very bad I've got another one. Oh, have you yeah TV match has just come to me and it's a kind of similar thing excellent it was uh, Raw was being held somewhere I think it was NBA I don't so I haven't researched this so I can't tell you all the facts off the top of my head but Raw was being held somewhere on a Monday night and I think the NBA the only reason I can think of this happening maybe the playoffs went to the game seven mm. and they were kicked out of their building I don't know how the book you would have thought that would have been worked out. Anyway, whatever happened, Raw wasn't taking place in the building it was supposed to. So it had to take place somewhere down the street and the whole show was like Vince McMahon just ripping on the owner of the team that screwed over his venue. Mm. And it ended with a, a five on five match at the end of the night. I don't remember. Do you not this, remember this? I don't remember this at all. Uh, I, uh, I'm not going to... I can't remember enough about it because people just start <laughs> saying, you know you're wrong, you've said that wrong. All the things you've said already are wrong. Uh, so, so I'm not going to go into that. But it did... Pretty confident it happened. And I didn't <laughs> like that. Uh, so that's all we've got time for for the mailbag. Hot damn. Ever. What an episode of the uh, the mailbag. We haven't yeah. done a mailbag episode yet, so that was good fun. There's uh, There's something that's been sitting right here bit of an elephant in the room it's the money in the bank briefcase lunchbox briefcase here with of course the scandal that could ruin me now going into saturday's fantasy booking warfare it was three two overall in predictions and fantasy booking warfare competitions between me and luke to luke so it all hinged on the fantasy booking warfare of the shield reunion five thousand 304 of you voted which is the most by a long way for any fantasy booking warfare we've ever had thank you very so much thank you for doing that uh but it turns out that you made the wrong choice because <laughs> only 28 percent of those people voted for my really good it was a lot 28 percent voted for me and 72 percent voted for luke Yes, mate. The right choice was made. We all went for story and emotion and mystery men, more importantly, over uh, a trio's championship. Which had emotion as well and comedy. No, it wasn't Go enough, back and mate. listen to it. it I wasn't think enough. because this was on the line. No, it's not that. You, can, you, can try and, you can try and put that on but it it's as not much that, as possible. Like, sure. That is a landslide victory and lost, a worthwhile landslide victory. If I victory. lost by 55 to 45, I'd be like, fair play. Okay, 
It was close, but this is it's just it's just mine was better, nonsense. mate. It was so much better. Because it's something that you built yours up quite a lot, and then it was just I thought tri- it was really good. And it was just a trio's championship. It was no, uh, it was no sword feet shield. Now was it? As so, someone pointed out, it was a very Marvel thing for me to do. So, so that I, I've you, you get this now. You won I the do. inaugural uh, championship month. You four two overall, and the scandal that can ruin me. I'm gonna have to reveal it on Saturday. Yeah, we're gonna reveal I it. I can't, yeah. can't. I've got to get my house in order. I can't just. I didn't think. I didn't think you'd win. <laughs> well, I haven't. I was fully prepared, and I already got the paperwork prepped for you, so that you can just go out there and fill it out. But unfortunately, that paperwork is not gonna be processed until Saturday, which means that I will get my lunchbox then. So this is yours. Yes, it is for now. But just don't open it until Saturday. Oh God. Well, that's all we've got time for. So please click the video. I'm going to hold this like Baron Corbin does. Yeah. Right? He holds it like this and then just does that. Oh, not my microphone there. Just smacks it. That's what he does. That's, that's his, great. That's his gimmick. Thank you for spoiling my outro and <laughs> spoiling my life at the same time. You're welcome. Please click the videos that have just appeared over Luke's face to catch up with the latest episodes of the Wrestle Ramble or the Wrestle Talk News. This has been Luke Owen. I've been Ollie Davis. And that was Rambling. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.